Well, last time I talked to the people from downtown. What was the last movie you went to? Miguel, what's new? Miguel, what's new in the community? Have you gotten any feedback about the Twitter feed? First of all, for the people who contact us on Twitter. About a certain research. Can you tell me more? Well, depends who you talk if you talk to the people from the board. Why did the yogurt... Welcome to another episode of the Community Board Podcast with your host, Miguel Valdez. And today I have Dr. Ali Duarte Garcia, medical of Ru Division of Rheumatology, Department of Internal Medicine and Mayo Clinic. Doctor, welcome back to the work setting, I guess, after a long weekend of July, of the 4th of July. How was your long weekend? It was pretty good. Thank you for having me, Miguel. Oh, well, how, how do you spend your, this long weekend? Let me share with you what I did. So it's not a competition, but I'll just let you know I did a, let me see, I think it was a 15 miles ride along the Sumbra River. I went to explore the, all the flooding. And um, yeah, it was, it was pretty big, I guess. Where were you this weekend? Were you around in town? Um, for this weekend, I went to the Minnehaha Falls. So I was in, in Minneapolis for the for Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Do you have family in the Twin Cities? No. No, I was just with friends. Okay, checking it out. So, doctor, you're from, from Chihuahua? Are you from Chihuahua, Mexico? Is that correct? That's correct. So how... Can you give us a little bit of background? How did you end it here in Minnesota so people get to know you? So um, I'm from the north of Mexico, and I did my medical school there. And then um, when I finished medical school, I uh, did all my exams to uh, come and do my residency training in the U.S. And after I finished those, I, I did my residency training in internal medicine at Boston. And then in three years ago, I decided to pursue rheumatology, which is a subspecialty of internal medicine. And then I came to Mayo Clinic in 2016, and I have been here since. Okay. So, and, and for people who is not familiar or don't have a good geography idea, Chihuahua is a state border with Texas mostly, or it's also a little bit Arizona? It's, um, yeah, it's a border state in uh, the north of Mexico, and it has a, a shared border with Texas and New Mexico. Oh, New Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're three hours, I'm, where I'm from is uh, three hours far from El Paso. Okay. Yeah. So... And what was the, the, how can I say, when did you decide to go into rheumatology? What was what got you into this field? Well, uh, so rheumatology uh, is a specialty that takes care of people with arthritis. That means inflammation of the joints, but also takes care of uh, patients that have uh, autoimmune diseases. So those are the diseases that affect the immune system in a way that, so the, the immune system usually 
helps you to prevent infections or fight against an infection. Mm -hmm. But when you have an autoimmune disease, that immune system starts to attack your body. So it can attack your lungs, it can attack your your heart, blood vessels, uh, blood cells. And uh, those diseases are head to toe, it's not just one organ, you know, it can happen anywhere in your body. So those autoimmune diseases were what attracted me to rheumatology, that are the whole patient, it affects the whole body, not just one organ. And I got an opportunity to go to your presentation um, that you did here in the community. And you were talking about also about rheumatology that is not just affects um, seniors or adults. Also, young people can be affected by it. That's correct. So there's a lot of types of arthritis and a lot of types of autoimmune diseases. And um, arthritis or or the autoimmune disease can affect even kids. So that that can happen pretty much uh, almost right after birth up until, you know, your 90s or so. So you can have uh, different kinds of arthritis or autoimmune diseases through your life. Okay. And how now the the genome is being, how you said? Um, Sequence? Yeah, the, the, we can read it. Can, can we tell if somebody's going to have those uh, conditions? Some of the... Uh, arthritis or, or autoimmune diseases are associated to genes. So the ones that happen in childhood uh, are more frequently genetic. Okay. As we age, uh, the genetic component becomes less important and maybe things that trigger the disease are more related to the environment, like if you smoked or if you did certain things. Uh, or if you're exposed to certain viruses or exposed to something in the environment, yeah. that that becomes more important as we, we get older. But in childhood, uh, the genetic component, uh, whatever we inherit, is very, very important. Okay. Um, also, when you did your presentation in the community, uh, it was related to gout, the disease of kins. What is... Is this uh, is that because kids have access to a certain lifestyle, or why is that gout called the disease of kids? Yeah, that, so gout gout is a type of arthritis, and uh, it's associated with high levels of um, substance called uric acid, and uric acid goes up uh, with certain meals, like for example. Uh, red meat or wine or alcohol and back in the day uh, people that had access to those kind of meals were the rich people mm -hmm. so that's why they used to call it the disease of kings oh, okay now the meat is everywhere you can access get it in yeah McDonald's. so now everybody can get uh, gout gout is frequent across so it's the related country. to a lifestyle yeah lifestyle has a big component okay and what are some of those um symptoms for somebody who has gout? So usually a gout attack um, starts suddenly. Uh, the patients that are suffering from this will have pain usually in the toe, but it can happen in other joints. The toe is the most frequent area and they will have sudden pain. It probably will wake them up at night. They, they will have uh, difficulty walking. Some patients even have uh, fevers and chills. 
And uh, so the, these patients, like when they first get it, they enter the emergency room. No, no, it's really many patients end up in the emergency room. Yeah, because sometimes, um, so they were totally fine, and then they wake up at night or the next morning with this uh, horrible pain. Horrible pain, exactly. And if it's the first time, they just don't know what is it. If um, this pain usually goes away by itself in two weeks or so. Two can, weeks, wow. Yeah, but it can keep happening. So uh, if they know what they have, some patients they just learn about it and they don't need to go to the ED, but the, the emergency department. But sometimes in the first attack, they go there because they don't know what's going mm -hmm. on. And there is easy to diagnose? Yeah, or so um, the, when you're having there a gout attack. There's some criteria? Yeah. So when, when you're having a gout attack and you're having this severe pain and swelling, then, um, if, for example, if you go to the emergency department, the ED, the emergency department doctors get fluid out of the joint that is swollen. Oh, and also then, it gets big. Yeah, it, gets it usually wrong. gets very red, tender to touch, hmm. and then uh, it pretty warm. And um, so they get fluid out, and then they have to check this fluid under the microscope. That's very important. If they see uric acid crystals that look like needles, they look like needles, um, then that's diagnostic of gout. Okay. Um, it's important to do that because an infection in the joint can look similar. So you have to, you have to do... It's the, different treatment. Yeah, it's very different treatment. So you, and it's, the prognosis is also different. So if you, if you don't treat an infection, it's very dangerous. Okay. So you need, uh, when they get the fluid out, they can tell if it's an infection or gout. And you say usually it's on the toes when it, when it first appears. Yeah, so of 100 gout attacks, 50 of them will happen in the toes. Okay. So it's, it's the, definitely the most frequent. Yeah. It's the big toe, the big toe. I have an uncle who suffered from gout, and his uh, shows on his knee. Is that on, another common joints, I guess? That's where... Usually, yes. Uh, the the after the toe, the most frequent ones are the knees and the ankles. Okay. Yeah. And is this something that people can prevent with a lifestyle change? Yeah. So it's it's very important that even though the gout attack will go away by itself, it, it will keep happening and it can cause uh, joint destruction. So uh, also, it will deteriorate the yes the joint. So if it keeps happening, uh, the if the patient keeps having repeating repeated gout attacks, the the joints will get destroyed, um, and also the uric acid gets um, deposited in in tissues. Like it can start to build up. Um, we call them tophies. It can start to build up in tendons or you know right under the skin, and uh, that can also cause destruction. So you can do lifestyle changes and you can do medications. We usually recommend both at the same time. Um, and the lifestyle changes are mostly related to stopping uh, or decreasing the alcohol intake and also uh, changing in the diet, changes in the diet like uh, decreasing the red meat. Red meat. Um, seafood is another big one. Okay. Um, and then increasing the the um, low-fat dairy, for example, dairy products decrease the uric acid. So those are helpful. 
and there's there's other dietary advice that you can do as well. Okay, and in in your practice, you see other many many uh, diseases. What other ones do you focus on on your rheumatology in your department? So the the other diseases that are frequent in rheumatology are one of them is rheumatoid arthritis, okay, and the other one is. Um, lupus. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis is an, um, an autoimmune disease and they, the most common symptom is um, swelling and pain in the joints of the hands. Okay. And they start ch changing the shape of the hand too? Yeah, so if, they, if, if there's no treatment, the hand, the, the toes, sorry, the fingers will start to uh, get deformed. deformed yeah there's deformity they start to move kind of um, outwards mm -hmm. and then there's there can be loss of um, hand function it, it, it gets difficult to um, open a door or and this come with age or how this happens no, this on this uh, so this is an autoimmune disease so they oh. the, the immune system that is helping you to prevent infections to start to attack the joints. So, and the most common age for this is um, in around 30 to 50. So it can happen to young people and also is more frequent in, in women. Okay. And in that case, what would it be a preventive uh, step to take? So... Um, we don't we don't know very clearly why what are the triggers of rheumatoid arthritis, okay. but at least one that is very well identified is smoking. So we know if that that if you smoke, you're more likely to get rheumatoid arthritis than if you, you don't smoke. So if you know that if you have a your mom or a family okay. members that have rheumatoid arthritis, even though it's not hereditary, you know that it may be running in the family. So um, it will be a good idea not to smoke because you make it more likely that you will develop that. Okay. Doctor, do you get to see any, uh, some patients from the sport medicine related or probably past athletes? We see, well, some of the patients that we see, they may be, um, they may be athletes, but we in rheumatology, we rarely see uh, injuries uh, or things related to the sport properly. They are mostly seen in the, the sports clinic or by our colleagues from the physical medicine okay. um, department. Doctor, um, during your presentation, uh, people were asking a lot of uh, if a quick change on your diet will really make a change when you're suffering these symptoms. Is that the case or is it a long-term lifestyle change the the lifestyle changes for gout have to be um, long-standing so if you if you change your diet that has to be from now on and for the rest of your life and same if if they to they, prevent or even if you already have one attack um if you already if you had a gout attack it usually goes away so it's really to try to prevent future gout attacks. Okay. So if you have one scenario where you have an attack, and then after that you decided to do a life change, it would really make a difference. 
Yeah, it depends. There's um, how high is the uric acid. It sometimes it's very, very elevated, and we know that it's not going to be enough to just change your diet mm -hmm. or change or stop uh, drinking alcohol. Um, so that needs to be combined with uh, medications, and that will eventually uh, decrease the uric acid and then prevent future gout attacks. While the uric acid is going down, you're likely to still get gout attacks. And we give medications to prevent those. Living here in the Midwest and you being from a state where it's a lot of meat, does that, do you see a relation, correlation on how it affects some communities more than other ones, other populations or ethnic, ethnic groups? Yeah, so we... we Communities... In in here we, um, you know, because here in Minnesota you hear a lot, I hear a lot of friends who say, "Oh no, I'm type of meat and potato guys," you know, <laughs> and their diet it's really, it's always meat, in the plate. Well, those those who eat a lot of meat and eat a lot of uh, seafood stuff, the seafood, uh, the heavy diet, uh, they are they we definitely see more frequently gout on them um, and people who have um, ethnic backgrounds or more rather cultural backgrounds where they eat certain kind of foods also is more frequent um, for example people that come from Taiwan that have a very uh, seafood heavy diet or people okay. from Japan they have more gout so Pacific yeah, yeah. okay yeah, and then also a certain uh, Native American tribes um, or nations have more more gout than others, but that one seems to be more related to their genetic makeup okay. rather than the diet itself. And um, and at what age does the gout start flaring or showing up? Um, it's usually like late middle age you know like 50s or 60s but we can see it as soon as late 20s or 30s um usually um we see it after age 50 or it's more frequent because um the kidney function as we age the kidney function starts to go down, yeah, just the the normal aging of the kidneys, mm -hmm. and that's where the we we get rid of the uric acid that we make in our own body. So because we cannot get it out of the system, it starts to build up. Oh, so, so it's related to that. Okay. Yeah, so it can be related to the kidney function, and then certain medications uh, that people start to get as as we age also increase the uric acid level. It triggers. Okay. Yeah, and then there's another important important factor. Um, so it's is way more frequent in males before age 50 because the, uh, before menopause, m women very rarely get gout. After menopause, the gout gets almost as frequent in males and females. So then we start to see in older than 50s um, patients with gout who are female. So then it feels that it's more frequent as well. Mm. Um, in your, when you feel been in your career now for many years. Do you see some changes maybe with the industrialized uh, food that we see now these days with all these preserved conservative things that we see on on, on 
fast foods or or because sometimes a lot of people just think of fast food the the, the ones you get through the drive through but all those pre cooked meals all those uh, microwave meals there already preserved can those are also fast fast uh, fast food <coughs> they're not homemade um, does that diet I mean diet having a lot to do with the condition I'm not sure or is more the ed- aging uh, I'm not sure if it's associated with um, fast food or processed okay. food. But we know that even here in Olmsted County, we have seen that the frequency of gout has been going up over the years. So now there's more people with gout than 10 or 20 years ago. And the uh-huh. trend keeps going up. It hasn't stabilized. Maybe it's related to the age because the population is living longer. Okay. Uh, maybe it's related to the changes in the in the diet habits. I think the most important factor is probably the diet habits. We are we are as, as a as a community and as a population we're becoming heavier and we are uh, eating less healthier. Less healthier, and it, that seems to be a big component of that. Okay, doctor. Anything that you want to share or a message for listeners? The, the using in your practice something that can help them prevent this or if they have a loved one who like you said they smoke or they're heavy on their wine or meat consumption any takeaway from that you can give away a message and well, your studies because you do research not on this topic but in other topics but I'm, see, I'm sure you've seen some trends so um Gout is a disease that sometimes is um, ignored and or not or may not be properly treated. So I think um, if um, if you have gout or you have a family member who has gout, um, should follow up with their primary care physician and at least seen once by a rheumatologist to get the the proper treatment. It's very frequent, and the primary care physicians are very skilled at treating this. But sometimes it's um, it's uh, complicated to get the right treatment or the right prevention so they don't get uh, future gout attacks and also get the proper education uh, about diet or, or lifestyle changes. So a rheumatologist will be able to provide all that or the rheumatology team with the nurses that work in the, in the in rheumatology clinic. So... It, I think that that will be the most important advice that they are uh, seen by by a physician or and and be seen at least once by a rheumatologist. Do you see skipping generations? Let's say somebody, uh, grandma had gout, or grandpa had gout, and then my parents didn't have it. And then does that skip? Do you see that, or usually ending being um, showing up at some point? Um, or is we usually just see it as, we usually see it in not skipping generations. Oh, really? like, yeah, if it happens in the family It usually runs through. Yeah. It's not a genetic disease in the sense that um, if your dad or your mother had it, uh, you're you you will have it. But probably just your the way you're made is seem you're more likely to get things that happen in your family because you're living in a, you have the same similar lifestyle, probably lifestyle, exactly environment and habits and other things. So 
not really skipping generations, yeah. Okay. Well, doctor, thank you so much for agreeing to being here. And um, we're going to have you again to share more about the work that you do because you do a lot of work in different areas that we want to learn. So anything else that you want to add? Uh, well, thank you for having me, Miguel, and I will, I will be happy to come back again in the future and looking forward to it. All right. Well, I want to also invite our listeners to please go on Twitter and find us on their Community Board Podcast, on Facebook, also on their Community Board Podcast, iTunes, please share this episode. Uh, find us on the Community Board Podcast, on SoundCloud also, and stay tuned for new episodes. Bye-bye. Well, last time I talked to the people from downtown. What was the last movie you went to? Miguel, what's new, Miguel, what's new in the community? Have you gotten any feedback about the Twitter feed? First of all, for the people who contact us on Twitter. About a certain research. Can you tell me more? Well, depends who you talk, if you talk to the people from the board. Why did the yogurt go to the art museum? Did you see in the news? To get more culture.